Welcome to Tales of Moxie. I'm Desiree. And I'm Jenna Lee, and we're your hosts each week. Each week, we interview women to hear their stories, and we address topics that don't usually get talked about so openly. Be ready for honest and raw conversations about all the things we're struggling with as real women. So hi, everyone. This week, we asked you guys about a topic you'd want us to cover uh, that you felt like needed to be addressed or spoken about and um, a lot of you guys came back with the topic of comparison and so we felt like we wanted to touch on that this week. We're kind of excited to do this because we haven't done an episode like this before so we want to kind of precurse it with the fact that these are our thoughts and our opinions and the the truth that we put in here is obviously the scripture but other than the scripture these are just our thoughts, and we hope that they help. We hope that they give you guys some sort of clarity or insight or just encourage you in some way, but we do want to start with that. Yeah, and these we're going to be talking about things that we struggle with in our lives and that we can personally relate to, mm-hmm. and then how either tools we have that we use or um, just different ways that we combat the constant comparison battle in our own lives. Yeah, I think it's it's easy. I guess we should just jump right in because that is so true. We struggle with this all the time. I struggle with this all the time. Mm-hmm. I think we're we're obviously in a you know a culture and a generation that we are just inundated with everyone's highlight reels. Yeah. So we we constantly have opportunities to feel bad about ourselves and to not feel good enough and to compare and think that other people have everything together and everything perfect and we don't because we're just constantly seeing everyone's best shot right yeah especially on social media like I feel like back when social media wasn't as prevalent people would more or less their appearance is what they would focus on and how they looked when they would go out, like good family presentation, especially at when I was little, when we'd go to church, mm-hmm. we would all be dressed very nicely and had to be on our best behavior because that's when everyone would look at you and determine like how perfect your life is, you know? Yeah. So the comparison was we only had few moments to <laughs> compare, right? Yeah. Where now, and we had real life moments where it was, we were, were going to compare with the people we're standing right next to, mm-hmm. right? Where now... We compare ourselves to people all over the globe, right? Yeah. I mean, half the people that I scroll through on my Instagram feed, I don't even know. Yeah. I don't even know. There's, I, I mean, they're either a celebrity or there's someone that I met like one time and I'm full on comparing myself and starting to feel like, well, I don't look like her. Mm-hmm. I, I don't work out enough. I don't feed my kids organic food all the time. My yeah. meals don't look like that. My poor children. I'm a horrible mom. All of a sudden... Like we had talked about at one point, we said we start the day feeling good about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as we jump on one of the social media outlets or we're looking at the news or anything, the second we look at it, we feel horrible about ourselves. All yeah. of a sudden it's like, well, I'm not a good mom, even though what happened in the last hour that made me not a good mom? Mm-hmm. My kids are still sitting there thinking I'm the best mom in the world. Yeah, You know, nothing happened other than I saw a picture of someone else's lunchbox yeah. That made me think I'm a total failure for the day yeah. because my kid has peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly. And I, I was reading articles last night about this, and um, they said that our comparison roots back to 
kind of assessing like outward threats and um when you see someone you automatically like even now you assess them and you compare them and you determine what kind of person they are depending on how they're looked how, mm. how they're dressed if a middle-aged father is walking down the street and he sees some 20 year old totally ripped dude jogging with his shirt off he's going to automatically compare like oh i'm really out of shape like mm. i need to start exercising okay. But the 20-year-old works out constantly and has a totally different life. And if the dad was comparing himself to a severely overweight person, he would say, well, I'm, I'm not that bad off. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm very busy. I have kids at home. I work full time and I'm doing fine. So comparing yourself isn't as much as assessing the threat level anymore. It's more of determining, I guess, your social status and where you mm-hmm. stand within the people around you. And once you start to take in the different factors of kind of your life compared with other people's lives, it's there's a lot more things to take in rather than just the face value. Well, that that is true because, it, I mean, at one point, I think like I grew up in the 90s, right? So at one point, I feel like it was a free-for-all. Mm-hmm. for parents <laughs> not that it was but like at it what that's kind of how it feels in ways because now we have all of these things to worry about that probably didn't even cross our parents minds oh yeah back then but we're so we have so many outlets now thanks to the world wide web mm-hmm. that we can know all the ways we're failing that weren't even ways before yeah right like <laughs> yeah. it's like i wouldn't even look at someone and know that that was a thing before but now it's like oh well and I, I think on like certain holidays or traditions or things like that that I don't do with my boys that I didn't even know existed until I saw someone else in my feed do it. And then it's like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, I am a f- total failure. I can't believe I just robbed my child of that thing. Yeah. And then it's like, well, wait a minute though. that When was that a thing? Mm-hmm. I just think it's interesting to think that. And I think it's important to say that those, every picture that we see that was their best moment. People are not yeah. posting their worst moments. They're not posting the moments that like we feel awful about ourselves. Those don't get posted. So when we're going through and we're thinking, well, that mom has everything together. Her kids are always well behaved. Their food's always put together. She's in perfect good shape and she homeschools and this. Like, how does she do it all? Right? I'm feeling overwhelmed just listening. (laughs) But there's people like that, you know, and we think that, but we forget that that one moment that was a snapshot of a moment. And to be honest, like I've done it too. I've made my, I only post my highlights. I don't post mm-hmm. when my kids are screaming or when they're like, you know, tantrums and things like that. I don't post that. But because none of that's posted, we start to think. Our expectations go way Yeah, up. we should yeah. be doing all that and we should be perfect at it all because the girl down the road is, mm-hmm. she's got it all together. And not only does she have it all together, but her pictures are beautiful. Yes. Like now yeah. I should be filtering. Now I should be mm-hmm. all these things that in reality, it's like, that's not, it's not real life. And I hesitate to say that because I feel like some people are going to be upset with that, but it's not real. Yeah. That's not real life. That's not being transparent and it's not, I mean, I get that. Social media is a platform for us to do that and to save our pictures and to show people the good times. But we forget that that's not real life. Yeah. Those are two minutes of a day. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> but like we have just, yeah, yeah, and we have just made our entire, like, decision about ourself off of that person's 
10 seconds, like you just said. Now suddenly we are a horrible mom, we're a horrible wife, we're a horrible person, and we don't feel good enough because we just checked out someone's 10-second highlight. And not only that, I feel like when I feel the need to post like a a good picture, or not even that, like I when I when I need validation of like, oh, like I see all these like cute fall pictures, people mm-hmm. spending time with their family. It's like, oh, I need to because I don't like taking pictures. I don't like stopping the moment and saying, oh, this is such a good time. Let's take a picture, which mm-hmm. I kind of wish I did more so I would have more memories and like look back. But I took a picture and I I did it with the intent of posting it, mm-hmm. not not the intent of saying, oh, I want to share this moment later on with my kids and look back and say, oh, this is the time we went here. It was with the intent of showing everyone. And it's like, I felt like I needed that validation mm-hmm. from other people. It's true. And I And I just shared with you, and I'm going to be totally transparent, I reached out to someone that I love her pictures and think that she's she just has gorgeous pictures and I reached out to her and I said like what filter are you using and it was a specific filter and a specific app and all this stuff and I actually got caught up in that moment of filtering and editing a picture of my two-year-old son who is perfect the way he is but I was actually editing this picture and I mean I wasn't like changing his I wasn't editing like that but I was filtering it so that it looked like perfect because mm-hmm. it wasn't just perfect the way it was and this will make his eyes pop and it's like what and I had to actually step back and realize like how did I get so sucked into this that now I'm not just comparing myself mm-hmm. but I'm like having to like present my child a certain way yeah and what am I giving him that he's gonna think that someday whether or not I'm saying it to him but that those are my actions yeah right and I think that's that's the hardest part. And it's important to say, like we just said, that that's, it's not all real life. The filters are not real life. Mm-hmm. That's not how they look. It's not how we look. If I post a picture of myself, it's most likely not how I look in real life. <laughs> Gotta get the angle. And <laughs> yeah. The good light. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it just doesn't, it doesn't think about that. And it's not like it used to be where you would take a Polaroid picture and that is it. You mm-hmm. get that one yeah. chance. So you're like, yay, great picture of all of us. Now it's like, I have to find, like you said, mm-hmm. the perfect spot. And I think that it's important for us to remember, while that's not real life, we are being exposed to lies yeah. every single day. And it's not, I don't, it's, I don't think it's purposeful. I don't think we're all sitting around thinking like, well, I'm going to, you know, make other people feel this way. Yeah. But it's true. All of these are lies. We're like given narratives throughout the day on social media, not even from the people that we follow because now we get you know, sponsored ads and mm-hmm. people that yeah. like, that's what they do. Their, their, I guess their job is Instagram. No, people, yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But like those, these people show up in my feed and they, these things are designed to make me not feel good enough. They're yeah. designed to make me want to purchase something. I'm either not doing good enough in my business, so I need to purchase something so they will tell me how to do good, or I'm not posting good enough pictures, so now it's I need to post the picture a certain way because I'm Mm -hmm. not good enough at that, or, you know, you need this makeup to make you look beautiful now, or you need this exercise program because the other one that you were doing isn't good enough. All of these things that are presented to us are presented for the purpose of telling us we're not good enough because if we thought we were good enough, 
we wouldn't purchase them. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't need anything. Exactly. So that's the point of these things. And we're mindlessly scrolling thinking, well, you know, I'm not actually paying attention to that. I'm not, I don't feel like I actually need that. But the more time we spend on it, the more we believe it. Just like anything else, the more you subject yourself to something, the more it becomes your reality. Mm -hmm. So we're sitting there and I, I was so bad at this and I still am at times. I have to check myself. But like I would just scroll, 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 scroll. And then like two days later, I'd be like, you know, I really feel like I need to buy this makeup. And I don't even know why I thought that. Mm -hmm. Suddenly it's like, oh goodness, I have like dark circles under my eyes. I better do something about that. I'm not even 30, (laughs) you know? So do I. But it's like, like, where did that thought come from? Yeah. If I wouldn't have been scrolling and seen that sponsored ad for dark circle things, yeah. I wouldn't have even thought about it. It doesn't come up. So we're just, we're surrounded by these lies telling us we are not enough. It's, it's crazy to me. Yeah. It's, it's, I feel like it's really important for everyone to know that I've gotten, okay, we're, we're <laughs> I oh, laugh. No, we're already laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh because it's true. I've gotten comments of like, oh, you, like yesterday at church, you guys are so 2018, you podcast. And like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, because, okay, yes, you I'm know, <laughs> you know someone who's podcasting, who's a podcaster. And that's so weird for me to think that. <laughs> What's funny though is that. We're awful on it. I know. <laughs> I know, but we're honest. When someone says that, like, you're a podcaster, it's like, if only you guys saw if only how, you this, how this went down for real. <laughs> but it's so funny because I was talking to someone and I was like, I feel like I'm automatically put in a different category because mm-hmm. now I'm doing this thing, but I'm the same me. I still deal with the same things. And... I've had friends that comment on how perfect I am, whether it's Mm. my decisions, whether it's the way I look or the way I act. And it's like you are comparing one of your insecurities with me. Mm -hmm. And I'm just being myself. I don't mean to, like, act a certain way or make the decisions I do. I'm just doing that for myself. But you are picking that out in me and comparing it with yourself. And... I really, really don't like when people call me perfect because I'm not perfect. I may be... And that's a lot to live up to. Yeah. That's scary. I may be sweet and I'm like kind-hearted and I'm I'm an introvert, but I can be social and I can talk mm-hmm. a lot and whatever, whatever the person might see in me, they call me perfect and I just get so pissed off and I'm like, I'll show you how perfect I am when I punch you in the face, <laughs> you know? Well, and that's a really good point to bring up too is how... Everyone has their own things, right? Like the things where they look at you and they think, well, she's perfect. There's nothing there. And they're probably thinking in those moments, like I would switch lives with Desiree in a heartbeat Mm -hmm. because she doesn't have this thing or that thing that's really bothering me, right? She's a great mom. She's got everything together. And they think that, like I would trade lives in a second. I've I've had lots of people that would, they have friends of mine that have said, oh, I wish I could trade lives with so-and-so. She's got everything together. She's got a perfect husband. She's got Mm -hmm. a beautiful house. She's got the most well-behaved kids. Okay, but she still has her thing that I guarantee you she wishes that she could change about herself. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's what's so important to remember. And that goes back to like even Paul in Corinthians saying that he had a thorn in his flesh. Like Paul, of all people, 
right? Mm -hmm. This crazy badass apostle has a full-on thorn in his flesh that he can't get rid of. But he says, and I'm going to read it, 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10 says, Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, and in hardships, and persecutions, and in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. There's so much that I'm not even going to attempt to address in that verse. Yeah. But the fact that we all have a thorn in our flesh. And I was once told that my thorn in my flesh is the same thing that kind of comes up again and again and again, right? And it's those moments mm-hmm. where I think I'm doing good and then all of a sudden it's like, dang it, that comes up for me again. And there's a whole bunch, of, and I'll be completely honest, social media and attention is really big for me. That's a thing where it's like I, have, I can turn social media into an idol in a second. And so that is kind of, I feel like one of my thorns in the flesh right now. And I'll have to take breaks and hiatuses from it because I start to get caught up and like, okay, this isn't serving me. Yeah, This is me now serving it, mm-hmm. you know? And that's not how it's supposed to be. But that's my, that's one of my thorns. There's also other things like, you know, my past is a thorn for me in different ways. And there's different things that I have struggled with. But the interesting part to me is that I know how in my life to deal with those thorns. Yeah. I have experience now in saying like, okay, that's my thorn, but I have tackled that. I've conquered it in lots of different ways. It's going to come up again, but I know the things I need to do, or I know that Christ is enough for this and his grace Mm -hmm. is enough because it was enough last time. Where if I had someone else's thorns and I think I want to trade lives with them, well, suddenly I have to deal with a thorn I've never dealt with before that I probably wouldn't want. Mm-hmm. There are so many women that once I get to know them a little bit better, I think, oh, that's your thing. That's your thorn. And I did think you guys were perfect. And then I'm like, no, that's your thing. But you know what? I wouldn't want to trade mm-hmm. that because I don't know how, I don't have any experience in that. And while it would help me to lean on God more to have a different thorn, and we do get all different thorns, yeah. right? Throughout our lives, there are many times when I'm like, thank you, thank you, Lord, that this is the journey I'm on. But I don't know that because I'm so focused on their highlights mm-hmm. that we don't see the thorn. So it's important to kind of step back and be like, no, this is a well, there's, there's a balance for every highlight. There is a low light. Yeah, yeah exactly. Low yeah, exactly. And it's, it's just, it's important to remember that. So we don't get too caught up in thinking like they're all perfect. No, they all have their thing. And a lot of times we think the grass is greener on the other side. Mm-hmm. The grass isn't greener. It's different. And I have been told a lot of times, like, well, if the grass is greener on the other side, then you need to water yours more. Okay, yeah, you should be doing growth and (laughs) self-development, right, personal development, and more of, you know, leaning into your faith and things like that. But most times, it's just different. It's like a different breed of seed, or there was a different thing that was planted over there that we think... It catches our eye. Yeah. yeah. And we think, well, we'll never be as good as that. Theirs is so beautiful. Well, actually, it's different. Ours wasn't supposed to look like that. We have a tree in our yard and they have the yeah, whatever. Exactly. It wasn't supposed to look like that. And I'm going to, I feel like we should totally touch on, this wouldn't be a complete thing to talk about comparing and not feeling good enough if we didn't jump into our real identity and our gospel yeah. identity. <laughs> so... 
I, I mean, I don't want us to sound like super preachy, but it's the truth is that we need to, the way that we can overcome this for moments, because we all struggle and we'll have our moments again, is to know where our real identity comes from. Mm-hmm. And this is something like I, I had put my story up on the podcast in our early Early days. <laughs> <laughs> that seems so long ago now. <laughs> this is episode 10, by the way. <laughs> oh, wow. Someone's keeping count. <laughs> um, so, I mean, obviously, I don't have a very easy past. But when I was going through the counseling to work through those things, this is what, this was the turning point for me. And I, we, feel, we felt like we really needed to address our identity in Christ and how our like our roots and how we see ourselves and which has a lot to do with comparison because mm-hmm. if we felt like we were whole we wouldn't have to compare with other people exactly we would feel feel fulfilled and happy and content and we wouldn't be looking in other people's yards we wouldn't look to see how different the grass was because mm-hmm. we would just be wholeheartedly happy and content and we would know we wouldn't be questioning we wouldn't know Mm -hmm. or if we did look in the yard we would be cheering for them yes yeah I I tell Darren my seven-year-old all the time don't don't look into other people's baskets to see if they have more food than you look to see if they if they need anything from you if you Mm -hmm. have more than them share don't don't look to automatically compare and see what they have that you don't Mm -hmm. see with the intent of if you can help them at all. Mm-hmm. Which is, is so interesting because he's seven, right? And Weston is four and does stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so I want to make it super clear that this is a natural, like, broken tendency, right? It's yeah. just a natural part of our flesh to compare. So don't let this whole episode be something that now you're feeling bad about yourself because you think, well, all I do is compare, it's a natural flesh tendency, and that's why we want to jump into what your real identity is so that you don't walk away from something else yeah. feeling worse about yourself even more. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I love this part because same as what you just said, Desiree, my life changed when this became a reality for me. So there's, it's important to remember that a lot of the stuff you guys have probably already heard, verses that you've probably known or memorized when you were a kid, but actually believing it and applying it is different. Mm-hmm. So I think what we want to start with is just reminding you of whose you are. You are God's beloved daughter. That's first and foremost, you are an adopted child into a royal family. And that was hard for me to say for a long time because I was challenged with saying, I am a princess. Yeah, I think I challenged you at that too at one (laughs) point. Yes. (laughs) And I don't know why that's so hard for us when it's truth, Mm -hmm. right? Like we are from a royal priesthood. First Peter 2.9 says that you are chosen people set aside to be a royal order of priests, a royal nation, God's own. We are royalty. We've been adopted into a family where our daddy is the king. Mm-hmm. But we forget that and we start to question that. And it's so like, 
it doesn't matter what we think, our bloodline is always royalty, mm-hmm. right? And the other thing that, you know, we're, we'll jump into with that too is that our father not only adopted us, but created us, right? And mm-hmm. specifically and purposely for a unique purpose. Yeah. It goes back to, um, I'm going to read Psalm 139, 13 through 16. And I feel like we've all heard it, but when you start to believe it, it takes on a whole different thing. So when I'm reading it, imagine yourself. This is God talking about you addressing you. And it says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God already knows us. He made us exactly how we are, our flaws, our strengths, and he knows all that we're going to do in our life. And I, I feel like this is something I really struggled with was the mistakes that I made in my life. Generally, we were talking before this, and she said it's really important that we touch on that we make mistakes, but we are not mistakes. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that was guilt and shame. Guilt is I did something wrong. Shame is I am wrong. God would not purposely and intentionally put us together the way we are if he was wrong. That's saying God was wrong. Mm -hmm. Christ's payment of his blood spilled on the cross was not enough for me because mm-hmm. of what I did made me so wrong. Mm-hmm. I did not make a bad choice because I am a bad person and I will never be accepted by God. But God is the one who made us. And if we just leaned into him and gave ourselves to him in our weakness and said, mm-hmm. God, I am weak, I am broken, and I need you. And, and trust that he is a good father. Yes. That's the thing. It's like we we forget. We think that... He's judging us too, because the thing is, is we feel, especially with comparing ourselves, like everyone's judging us, even ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. We're judging us. So we just can't help but believe that God is judging us too. And while there are so many things on judgment and judgment is a real thing from him, it's not the final answer, right? We are his child. We are adopted into his family. And our pastor uses a really good description of this and I'm totally going to take it. I don't think he would mind, but he has an adopted son. And when he adopted him, he spent a couple of years going through the process with the agency and, you know, paying a whole bunch of money going through the agency. The agency set the price and then he had to pay. There was no in between, right? Of like, well, I'm not going to pay that much. I think it's worth this. No, that was how much the the adoption was worth, the child Mm -hmm. was worth. In essence, that's how much the child was worth. And then he had to come up with the money to pay for the adoption. Mm -hmm. The same kind of thing is how we were adopted. So God set the price and then God paid the price. So that's the difference is like God set it and paid it, but he couldn't have set a price any higher than the blood of his son. That was the price. And so going back to our pastor's story, if Later, that child who now, you know, is however old, 
came to him and said, I'm not actually your kid because you didn't pay enough for me. So I don't feel like I'm a part of your family and said to him, like, I don't feel like I'm a part of your family and I don't feel like I deserve your last name or whatever. I Mm -hmm. feel bad about myself. I'm not actually your son. He's saying the price that you paid for me wasn't enough to make me your child, Mm -hmm. right? That's what we do when we are telling ourselves over and over again, I'm not enough. I'm not enough. We're telling God the price that you paid for me, for my identity was not enough. And let's, I'm going to say it because this is what we're actually meaning when we say that subconsciously is Jesus, your blood was not enough for me. It might've been enough for them, Mm -hmm. for the people around me. I believe it was enough for them. And I'll say that I believe your blood was enough for me. But when I question my identity and I stand in that comparison game and think like, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Or like you said, I am a mistake instead of I made a mistake. Mm -hmm. That's when we're telling God the price wasn't high enough. Yeah. I'm going to come back and I'm going to question you. Is that enough? That was not enough for me. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. But the thing is, is the deal was not ours. Yeah. The deal was his. And in that adoption story in real life, the deal was between the family and the agency. Right? Mm-hmm. That's the deal. The kid has no say in it. He has no... It doesn't matter what he thinks. Yeah. The price is paid. It's done. He's a part of the family. And that's never going to change, right? Mm -hmm. That's how it is with us. We don't have a right to go to God and be like, I'm not enough. I'm not, I'm not good enough. I'm horrible. You made me and you adopted me and you paid the ultimate price for me. But I'm going to believe that it's not enough. I'm going to believe that's not my true identity. And I'm not going to live like I believe I'm enough or I'm worthy. I know it sounds harsh, but that's true. That's what we're doing. So if we really believed that the blood of Christ was enough for us, our whole identity would change. Yeah. Right? And let me tell you, and I don't know how else to say this, but you are worthy. You are enough. The blood was enough for you. It was enough for me. It was enough for Desiree. It was enough for all of us. If we would actually believe that and start realizing like, God, I'm sorry that I'm hurting your heart right now that you paid the ultimate price for me and I'm feeling like I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. How different would we actually live our lives if we thought that? Every time that we thought we weren't good enough, we thought your blood wasn't enough too. That's yeah. an awful feeling. We wouldn't feel that way mm-hmm. if we thought that, right? Yeah. And I I remember the exact moment where I thought that. Like, I was, it was after I left my abusive husband. Must have been in the following months. I signed up for college classes again. And I was on my way driving to my classes. And I was at a stoplight on... Uh, North River Road in Paso, waiting to turn to go across 13th Street Bridge. And I just was feeling like, you can save every other person out here, but I'm not worth it. Mm. I I would be fine if you saved everyone else, but I'm too much. You could never fix me. I am so broken. I am so not worthy. Just leave me. Like, I'm, I'm not worth it. And See, and that's what it is right there. It's not that you can't fix me. It's that I don't feel worthy to be fixed, mm-hmm. right? Because we're not believing that that blood was for us. And that's how you felt at that time was I'm not worthy to be fixed. Because I yeah. know you and I know that you believed he could fix anything. Oh, yeah. But you didn't think you were worth the fixing. Mm-hmm. Yet the blood was spilt for you. Yeah. And it's just, it's, 
It's one thing to talk about it and say, oh, you shouldn't feel like that. Mm -hmm. Feel happy. But it's a whole other thing to say, I've been in that situation Mm -hmm. and I have felt that and I have thought that and connected the pieces. And then I have gone back. I leaned into God instead of, because at that point I was trying to do it myself. Mm -hmm. Like staying busy. I'm doing everything I should be. I I got a job. I'm going to class. I'm doing all these things to make me perfect from the outside. Mm. But I am just, I'm not worth it. And there's nothing I could do to fix it. And then that's when I was feeling like that. And then that's also when I took a step back and said, I, there's no way I could fix this by myself. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started leaning into God more. And that when I actually started to believe, okay, he is enough for me Mm -hmm. and he is not judging me. He is saving me. All I have to do is accept him Mm -hmm. and make him the lead in my life. And that was when I felt an overwhelming just rush of ease and all my anxiety went away. And I actually believed what is said in the Bible Mm -hmm. about me and my worth and who I am in Christ. And he can, he's fixed way worse things than me. (laughs) So (laughs) I believe that he is in total control and all I have to do is just surrender to him. Because like Mm -hmm. Paul said, in my weakness, I am Mm -hmm. strong. And that's through Jesus. It is. And we have a perfect father. Like that should not be lost on us. Mm -hmm. That like what we would do for our kid as broken mommies just trying to do our best Like if we would do that for him, if my child came to me and told me how you felt that I don't feel worthy, I don't feel like I should, you should take any time to spend on me, my heart would be broken. Mm -hmm. I would be like, let me show you all the ways you're worthy. Yeah. You are amazing. You're my son, right? Like Mm -hmm. I see all the perfect spots in you and that's what I'm looking at. And we forget that we have a perfect heavenly father. No matter what we think, we're not good enough or we're not worthy enough. He's looking at us being like, oh, sweet child, just come. Yeah. Just come. Just let me hold you. Let me just remind you of whose you are. We don't, we're not adopted into a royal family with a king that doesn't have time for us. Yeah. We're adopted into the family where the king is like, hold up, stop everything. My child needs me. I will let my child sit on my lap and you all need to leave the room. Like that's the father that we serve. Mm -hmm. And if we actually believe that, everything will change. Because then even if we have made a mistake, we can go to him and be like, ah, I messed up. Yeah. But I'm not afraid that you're not going to love me anymore because Mm -hmm. I'm your kid. You love me always. I can make any mistake and I could come walking back in here and tell you what happened. Yeah. And it doesn't change what you see because I am your beloved child. I'm your beloved daughter. That is our identity. The price was paid. It's done. The deal was done. And I have a tattoo on my wrist because this was so important to me. And I come from a background similar to yours. I was in a very abusive first marriage and all of it was, most of it was sexual. So I felt dirty. I just felt used and dirty. And I felt like I was dirty before the Lord. I felt like I couldn't, I didn't, wasn't worthy of being loved by my husband now, my current husband. I just thought like, I just, I just felt disgusting, right? Because all of this sexual abuse had happened to me. And that was my biggest thing was it was like, the deal is done. It doesn't matter what I think. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. It's not like me thinking that I'm a dirty, worthless person. It's going to change that I am his daughter. Yeah. It doesn't. The deal was struck. 
It's done. All I need to do is live in the fullness of it. And like when I'm not feeling good enough, I need to just go to him and let him remind me whose I am. And I guarantee you, as soon as you're in that spot of feeling like I'm yours, Lord, I am your precious daughter, the rest of it goes away. You don't feel that. Mm-hmm. You just don't. It's it's different and it's it's amazing. And I know that it probably sounds like <laughs> we're like <laughs> gushing, but it's true. And I hope that you get some sort of, I don't know, some sort of desire to, to search for that or something. I don't know. But something from that. I feel like this this is really important to both of us because this is when, well, at least for me, it's when I went from my darkest and lowest time of my life and my life totally changed. Did a 180. I don't feel like that anymore. I am this whole new person. I feel like I'm, like, my life is renewed because, Mm -hmm. all because I started living in my identity through Christ. Mm -hmm. And I... I believe it. And I really, I want everyone else Mm -hmm. to feel this feeling of like comfort and just that I'm loved all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's like, I am a princess. We are. And that's so, it feels (laughs) awkward to say even now, but we are, we are princesses and we are beloved. That's another tattoo I have on my back. Um, Oh, and the tattoo on my wrist says to telestai, which we always, it's, we always translate it, it is finished. But in the Greek, it was translated paid in full. Mm-hmm. So like when Jesus went to the cross and his last word was to I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, <laughs> it was, He said paid in full. Like think about that from an adoption perspective. That was the moment that our, our debt was clear. Like we mm-hmm. were paid for in that moment. The deal was not ours. I want to read... Romans 8, 15 through 17, because I want it to really hit home that we are, like she said, a beloved princess and daughter. It says, the spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him, we cry, Abba, Father, which Abba is like daddy, Mm -hmm. right? Which is Think about that for a second. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we might also share in his glory. I don't think there's anything more to even say about that. Yeah. So maybe we should kind of wrap up by giving the few things that we have worked out other than our gospel identity, the few things that we've seen that really help in this kind of comparison game. Well, first of all, I I found my gospel identity taking the um, the Enneagram test. Mm. I am a seven. <laughs> I don't, generally is a six, and this means nothing for people <laughs> who don't know. But um, we would really encourage anyone to take the test because it just mm. – it kind of opens up a new and kind of puts on paper um, character traits of yours and tendencies and it says how the the strengths God made you with and mm-hmm. your uh, weaknesses and flesh and it kind of lets you understand where you're at and what tools you can use and kind of helps you connect and understand other people also 
Yeah. And for me, I'm very adventurous and I like to keep busy and not address things. (laughs) (laughs) I will keep busy until I feel (laughs) it is a major, major thorn in my side. (laughs) But yeah, these are, we're going to talk about some things that we, that have kind of helped us not compare ourselves. Yeah. So one of the things that I think is important is being self-aware of the things that suck the life out of you. Mm -hmm. So pay attention to the things that you go to, you come away feeling worse about yourself. So for me, social media, if I go, if I'm scrolling a lot, if I'm posting a lot, I find myself out of nowhere feeling really crummy about myself, right? Like all of a sudden I feel awful and like, I don't even know why. It's because I've been scrolling so much. I'm not as present. I'm watching what other people think and I'm comparing myself without even knowing. And I don't want it to seem like we're like bashing on social media um, because I'm not saying social media is like a sinful, awful thing. I think it's the motive behind. So for me, social media, when I go to it, I'm either looking for attention, looking to be validated, Mm -hmm. or trying to find my identity about what other people either like or comment. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So for me, that replaces me searching for my identity in Christ. Yeah. And I'm aware of that. I'm aware of that's my thing. I go to to social media for my identity instead of to Christ. So that's where I have to step back. And I do this all the time. I'll take hiatuses because it'll just happen again. That's a thorn in my flesh. Yeah. And it'll just happen. So I think being aware of what it is that sucks the life out of you. It could even be a TV show Mm -hmm. or a book where you walk away feeling like, oh, I just don't feel good about myself anymore. Cut it out. Don't yeah. do it. Don't use social media or put like a thing where like I'm just going to use it on the computer. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to have it on my phone so I just mindlessly scroll or I'm not going to watch that show anymore as much as it. I love it. It just makes me feel crummy about myself. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. Like just figure out what it is that you're walking away from feeling awful about yourself and stop. <laughs> yeah. And one thing for me is... Um, I don't really uh, have trouble comparing myself with other people unless it's the super fit uh, Instagram <laughs> ladies who are like in their sports bra and I'm like, oh. The abs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that and the moms. Darren mm. goes to Templeton and I compare myself with all the moms because they, okay, I have commented on almost every one of their shoes because they all have the cutest boots. Like, the I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's something, like, I feel like I need in my life. So <laughs> it's a bit, see, pair of, great pair of boots. So I see it everywhere. <laughs> but I always think, like, oh, my gosh. Like, I, I can't go pick him up wearing this. I need a change. Mm. And it's because all the other moms are like, I don't know. I don't know. It's something. So then when that happens, is that a thing where you – actually take the time to be like no I'm okay I can go the way I am or do you I mean I'm just asking because I, I know, usually change do you <laughs> yeah so okay because I have moments like that too um even with social media like I'm saying mm-hmm. like I have to post a certain way or filtering my poor two-year-old's <laughs> picture oh. I know <laughs> but like those are the moments where we can be like okay what what are we getting from this what am I yeah. trying to get right now is that gonna change my worth yeah, it's true. It, it's not going to, but we think it is. Also, it's important to remember, and I should have said this a little bit earlier, but sometimes, not sometimes, always, I should say, we're designed for different things. Yes. So, like, there's some moms, and I'm going to use, okay, so Weston's in soccer, and our first 
like practice they asked who was going to be the team mom and I was the only woman there (laughs) all the dads brought them that day for some reason so obviously they all looked at me like well Mm -hmm. she's going to be team mom let me tell you something about myself I would make the worst team mom on the planet I am not crafty I cannot make banners (laughs) I am like such a hot mess that when snacks came for us I was like oh shoot I it's snack day for us what are we gonna do what do you want Weston Mm -hmm. like that's how it went I would make an awful team mom It's not my thing. And I even thought about it while I was there because they're all looking at me and I'm thinking like, oh, I guess I can do it. Maybe I can do it. Maybe I should do it. I mean, Mm -hmm. I could be team mom. So then I went from thinking like I don't want to do it to like I should do it. People are going to think I'm awesome if I'm team mom. Yeah. Never really wanting to do it, right? But then a woman showed up like 10 minutes later with her son and they said it again and she was ecstatic to be team mom. Like, she was, like, so excited, and she showed up at the very first game with an awesome banner that she made herself, perfect, amazing snacks, and, like, that was her sweet spot, you know? Like, that was her place, and I just kept thinking, if I would have jumped into that, something that wasn't my thing that I knew I wasn't going to be good at, but I just wanted to, like, prove myself, Mm -hmm. I would have taken that from her, and I would have been miserable the entire (laughs) time trying to keep up with the other team moms or the other banners or whatever when it wasn't my spot. That's not the thing that God had for me in that moment. That wasn't my thing. So sometimes I think we try to run and run and run and run and run and keep going on this rat race cycle. And we're not only disservicing ourselves, but we're disservicing others because we're taking up someone's spot, Mm -hmm. someone's thing that they're really good at where they're not going to be good at your thing. So just it's, it's important to remember that sometimes when we say no to something like that, that we think would make us look cooler, but we know is not our thing. Let someone else shine in that area because you're going to shine in your area. Yeah. And I have found that if I'm in someone else's sweet spot trying to do something that is not meant for me, I do not feel joy and I do not feel peace. I am miserable. But if you're in your sweet spot, you'll know it. (laughs) So find your sweet spot and just know that the spots that you feel miserable in, maybe that's a spot for someone else to feel joy and peace. Yeah. And I want to encourage everyone to know that No one is perfect. I (laughs) am not perfect, for sure. But just, I mean, know that everyone compares. Someone's probably comparing them with you right now Mm -hmm. and saying, oh, I wish I had this. I wish I looked like that. I wish my hair looked like hers. I wish I had her husband. Something. So just take some time to self-reflect make a list about what you're grateful for Mm -hmm. in your life yes that's that's a good point and just know that everyone does it and it's not a bad thing and i would encourage you to use if you're going to compare use it as motivation see something in someone else and say i really like how kind she is maybe i want to try to be a little more kind Mm -hmm. in my daily life or next time a telemarketer calls me i'm not going to (laughs) scream at them like I usually do I'll just say not today (laughs) like little things that we can change in ourselves to reflect the person that we see that we Mm -hmm. want to be yeah that's a really good point and just remember like who you are Mm -hmm. remember your identity I think that's the only thing that we can really close with is just remember that you are adored and beloved, and you're a princess, and you couldn't be more worthy. Like, it doesn't matter how you feel. You could not be any more worthy than you are right this moment. It does not matter what you do, what you've done, 
what you think, you're dirty, if you're messed up or you've made too many mistakes, it doesn't matter. The deal was struck, okay? The deal was done. It's been paid for. Your identity doesn't change. If you live in that, I guarantee you, you're going to feel so much better about yourself because you can't help it. You can't help but feel better if you remember who you are. Mm-hmm. And for all the guys listening, you are a prince. <laughs> It's not just girls, because we know some guys do listen. So, <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs>